0: Million Bhagavad Gitas. For this year's Prabhupada Marathon leading up to World Gita Day, December 25th, 2020, we are combining and we, I mean the entire world of devotees, are combining together for the for the beautiful and exciting and threatening sometimes goal of two million Bhagavad Gitas to be distributed by January 7th for this Prabhupada Marathon. Today, myself and Gopal Prabhu, who is joining us on our Sangirtanon podcast team, sat down with His Grace Vaisheshika Prabhu to ask him about this new initiative, this Live to Give campaign. It was very lively and a wonderful discussion. I'm so happy to share it with you uh, because I know for myself the result was direct inspiration coming from the appreciation and recognition that what we've been given in the form of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's movement through Srila Prabhupada, through his tireless translation of Srila Prabhupada's books, and just the knowledge that Bhagavad Gita, Srimad Bhagavatam gives access to. And to know that that gift has been given to us in order that we can give it to others uh, it was very inspiring. So I'm happy. I'm very excited that you're here with us today. Please enjoy this podcast. And if you're hearing on maybe SoundCloud or wherever you're listening to, know that you can find this Sangerton on podcast anywhere on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or anywhere that podcasts are streamed, as well as on SoundCloud. And please share, especially for this month of, of December, this podcast to inspire people all around the world, the devotees that are engaging in this marathon, to help keep this fire going for this Sangirtan marathon. And uh, until then, thank you for listening. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Welcome to Sangirtan On. This is your host, Anandamari Das. And today I'm with a good friend of mine, Gopal Chand Prabhu, who will be also hosting on the Sangirtan On podcast. And the two of us today have a very special guest, His Grace Vaishesh Prabhu. Thank you so much for being with us, uh, Vaishesh Prabhu. We're so happy to have you on. Well, I've been counting the days until I
1: could uh, meet with the two of you. Thank you for having me.
0: Oh, yeah. And this is, uh, we were talking before actually, this is. Somewhat of a perfect circle because when we started the Sangatana podcast, we uh, you you are our first interviewee, and uh, and indeed you're the inspiration for this this podcast. And uh, now we're introducing everyone to Gopal Champa Prabhu, as well as uh, having this kind of complete circle of having you on the podcast again. So, we're... complete circles are good
1: because. Whenever we take up something, it always seems to be fraught with imperfection. In the middle, there seems to be a need for momentum. And if we can make it all the way through a complete sun cycle in any of our services, then uh, it starts to take an identity of its own, doesn't it?
0: Yeah. So congratulations,
1: Ananda Murari, because you kept it going, despite all the ruckus going on
0: around us. Thank you. Thank you. Gopal Prabhu. I wanted to just ask real quick, uh, just to let the listeners know kind of who you are and where you're from. I think most people probably know you from your your wonderful book distribution and all of the things we see online. But if you want to just introduce yourself and...
2: Yeah. Hare Krishna. So I'm very, very uh, grateful for this opportunity to come and join the Sankirtana on team. Um, I remember last year when the kind of the idea seeds were being discussed and planted. I was like, wow, that'd be so something so amazing to be a part of. But of course, I, me just being shy, I never um, um, expressed that, but somehow by the mercy of my spiritual master and, and, and the team here, um, you guys um, allowed me to join the team. So I'm very happy to be here, very grateful. Um, well, as you were saying, my, my, my service full time is to distribute books. And I'm kinda in the fire of Sankirtan, as you can say. So I'm happy to um, join the team and help expand this um fire all over the world. Wonderful. Yeah, we um, we
0: have we've actually had Gopal Champu on the podcast. And so uh, as he as he's saying, because of his deep dedication to the practice of Sankirtan, it's it's such a wonderful addition to the team. And uh, today As I mentioned before, we're we're with His Grace Vaisheshka Prabhu, uh, who is currently heading up a campaign worldwide uh, for the Prabhupada Marathon. And today we are hoping to come together and talk a little bit about that, uh, as well as uh, garner some in, some inspiration for this Prabhupada Marathon, which is uh, in many ways unprecedented because of the state of affairs in the world and in many ways to be expected because this material world is full of uh, Dukalaya Mashaśvatam. So so thank you again, Vaishejshakrabhu. Thank you for being with us. It's a pleasure. So could you start off just by kind of explaining a little bit Uh, about the Live to Give campaign and kind of what it's all about?
1: Well, when we give, then we feel alive. Mm. And the more we get in the mode of encouraging other people Mm. and trying to serve, oftentimes I've expressed that for myself, when I find that I'm out of alignment in my life, the question that brings me back into alignment and, uh, and by alignment through feeling whole again is how can I be of service? Mm-hmm. And there's no dearth of answers for that. There's mm-hmm. plenty of service in the world. And giving is very fulfilling, interestingly, because when we give away what we have, then we tend to notice what we have. <laughs> Otherwise, when we try to keep it, we really don't have uh, a perspective of it we can take it for granted
0: mm.
1: so when we when we give we grow and that's life life means growth if, if a plant stops growing then you say oh it died uh, something happened to it and uh as living beings we really want to be uh free to give mm. so then it's a question of what should we give There's a lot of things you can give, but they're not necessarily appreciated or very good for people anyway. Like lots of people give things away that they don't want, that are broken. Or, you know, and the intention is wrong. So that kind of giving, you know, goes on, but it's not completely fulfilling. It doesn't really bring life. But when you find something that's perfect, that's just satisfying to have and that's uh, awakened your heart to a higher purpose in life and then you give that away that that means you're alive and so live to give means how to be alive how to really live life is by giving strangely enough in counterintuitively you know by giving we grow and we feel alive so
0: that's what the campaign's all about so we could we could even say it the other way give to live yeah, I like
1: that. You could turn it around either way.
0: I was I was remembering I one time um, spoke with a a Christian pastor. He was my he was my dad's kind of uh, supervisor for their small groups, and he gave this example. I was with my friend Harisham, and we were talking about small groups and different things like that. And I haven't looked up the reason why, but an analogy that he gave, he said, why is the Dead Sea dead? He said, because there's, there's stuff coming into the Dead Sea, but then there's nothing going out of the Dead Sea. Ooh. So then it's just like evaporating. Um, I haven't done background research, but I, I appreciated just that that point, And it was similar to what you were saying, that when we're just taking in and we're not giving out, we're just going to dry up
1: hey nice analogy i hope i can borrow that one sometime
0: <laughs> yeah i just want to fact check and make sure it's <laughs> where it's coming from yeah but it's, that but always it's helps tough.
1: okay
2: yeah excellent so yeah so yeah this this uh, this point of live to give um we've also uh heard from the campaign that there's a, a global team a global effort so we, we were wondering, um, what you know, why should we work as a global team when sometimes some individual hubs are already doing pretty good on their own? What is what is the uh, what, what what can we accomplish working together as a global team? Well, I
1: think it's important to always to ask the question before we do anything. Why are we doing this? Because it's easy enough to get into a uh, particular groove in life and then not even know why we're doing it. So. Asking again and again, why are we doing this? Why are we doing that? is important. And the way I see it, uh, doing any kind of service is really first and foremost for our own purification. And then when we're working as a group, we want to see how is the community edified by the service? And when we do things together, this is uh, for... for Spreading the transcendental vibration. It's called Samkirtan. It's better together, really. That's the point. When we do it together, it's amplified, it takes on more meaning. And there's a way that when we work as a team, we're able to develop uh, uh, a kind of synergy that's very pleasing. To Krishna. I mean, these are some of the points mentioned by Prabhupada in his writings. He makes cooperation synonymous with bhakti, bhakti synonymous with cooperation. It's one of the hardest things to do because oftentimes when I'm even doing a service, I'm thinking, and hey, when am I going to get the credit? And wh- where's the payoff? I once had somebody ask me, <laughs> I was working at a booth uh, in New York City at Rathiatra. And someone came along and said, can I help? And I said, yeah. And he started helping. And then he said, you know, how long do I have to work here to get a premium? I said, what do you mean a premium? (laughs) He said, I want some reward. And so uh, this uh, working sort of anonymous service that I don't have to be the, uh, you know, I'm, I'm doing it for the whole, all for one and one for all. Is a, a more satisfying kind of way to serve. Obviously, there's going to be initial. Uh, there are going to be individual initiative. We all have our individuality, but when we merge that into the whole and say, "Hey, this is for the group. It's not for me," it gives us a chance to experience selfless service, and then we get a, a better sense of what that feels like when we work together. I've seen it over the years. I mean, I've I've been around in the Sankirtan um, <clears throat> movement since 1973, and I watched different eras, the way devotees uh, <clears throat> framed Sankirtan. And at some points, the individual competition between, as an example, one community and another became so intense, it's almost as if they were fighting each other. Mm. And then I saw like at one point somebody said, well, don't share that with the other people because, you know, they might get an advantage. And I was thinking like, don't we want to have an advantage? And don't we depend on Lord Chaitanya? Did, you know, did you think of this or did Lord Chaitanya whisper it in your ear? And then, you know, you're not giving him credit and you're thinking we're so smart. This is only our thing. And it also kind of reveals a sense of not having a uh, not being in the flow of abundance that I think well if I give it away then then I'm going to be lacking some ways I resist that I think that it's not so productive I think that when we have this sense of teamwork and we're able to surrender to the cooperative spirit we actually get much more individually and we we feel the the satisfaction of selfless service yeah, it we was can just, prove uh, it with the numbers too. You know that Gopal Champa that we started at ISV at our temple. Many temples are doing it now, but when we started going towards uh, group scores, uh, emphasizing the team over the individual, we did a lot better. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Go ahead.
2: No, no, I was, I was, uh, I was just reflecting on how in the Chaitanya Charitamrita this point is made that. The, as the Panchatattva broke open the storehouse of love and they distributed its contents, more and more the storehouse just increased unlimitedly. So like you're mentioning this point, when devotees work together to to um, to expand the Sankirtan movement, it's 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 not that there's anything lacking. I like Tanya. your
1: point. I like your point a lot, really. And, and you know, real. I would say, in answer to your question, why do it on the team? Because the Panchatattva did it, and. And so we can test the principle. Let's break it open together and see, you know, do we come out better for it by working together? And also, does it increase? And uh, if the answer is yes, and it is, and we see it for ourselves, we get more faith in what we're doing because it's a moment-to-moment process. It's not that we get to a point we say, okay, we got there, we plateaued, now we don't have to do anything. We always have to be... Engineering ways to surrender more, Prabhupada put it as always try to create a fresh challenge so that mm. the devotees will collectively want to rise up and meet it. I like that. I, I, it works for me, and everywhere I've gone where we're doing that, nobody's dissatisfied.
0: Mm. Kind of, kind of along those lines, um, the this Live to Give campaign has a goal of two million Bhagavad Gitas only only uh could you talk a little bit about that goal where that where that number came from and kind of expand a little bit on what you were just saying how when, when you set some kind of expectation or some kind of goal how we rise to meet it
1: well i would say when you're nurturing a team when you're starting a team the goals can actually be go the other way they could be really small what i like to say is um not less than one and something more than zero when you start. But if if when somebody's starting and they're a little nervous about what is all this, and you know, do I have to perform and you know, how's it all gonna work? They haven't experienced that, that flow of the internal energy that comes through Sankirtan, then keep the bar so low that they'll say, come on, that's ridiculous. Anybody could do that. Then she go, Yeah, all right, then you can go for it. And then once they start feeling it and they go, wow, this isn't me. This is coming from the internal energy. Then for the sake of serving more and giving the devotees an opportunity to feel that challenge, then we try to set reasonable goals. The goal can always be higher because just as we like to say, and as Kaviraj Goswami says at the end of the Chaitanya Charitamrita, birds fly in the sky as high as they're able but the sky's unlimited so who cares how high you fly just as long as you're challenging yourself so we set the two million goal with a lot of consideration about what we've done internationally before we went region by region we talked to all the the bbt's and found out their sales records and after compiling everything, talking to everybody about what you feel what they felt they could do, we came up with a little bit of a stretch goal, especially during the pandemic, to see that, okay, let's hit the next level.
2: Mm. Now hit, hitting on that point that during the pandemic, um, how, what, what are ways that devotees can, can, can get involved in? It? I mean, especially, you know, it's it's very difficult going and maybe connecting with people on um, person to person. But now we see that, you know, sankirtan has expanded to different avenues, um, as as um, you've mentioned and um, some videos you released, How now we we can we go with the wave that now is is being uh, revealed to us. Oh yeah, sure. Well,
1: I, first let me say in in a general way some principles. One is set your goal. Mm. No goal, no power. Goals are potent. If you if you don't set the goal, then the, the energy doesn't come flowing in. It's like a, a switch on the wall, and if you don't flip the switch, the light doesn't come on. And the second is after you set a goal, then pray hard. I'd wait till charia prayed and Lord Chaitanya appeared. Muni prayed and the Lord appeared before him. Dhruva Maharaj, everybody prays. It's, uh, you know, that's why you set the goal so you can pray hard. <laughs> Krishna, come and save me. Help me fulfill the goal. And then work methodically. Just do whatever you can. And then write down everything that worked well and find out what didn't work where, well, where the gaps are, and write that down. And as far as what devotees are discovering by doing this, uh, one thing is we've realized, I mean, look at this this little iPhone here—you could run an airline off this. No, actually, you could run a small country off one iPhone. <laughs> I just—all I use is ten percent of it. Was just make, like, oh, make a phone call, you know. But you know, every app in the world is available for the iPhone. You can run um, a whole Sangerton movement off this phone. What to speak of? Can't we reach out to people by the phone? Uh, the answer is a resounding yes. As it turns out. It's easier than getting in a car, going finding a parking space, and then, you know, trotting up through the the bushes, avoiding dogs to go door to door. You just call and they either answer or they don't answer. And it's much quicker. And people actually during this pandemic were happy to hear from us. And we are just, we found out a simple method of being straightforward with people, just tell them who you are and what you want. And they say yes or no and lo and behold a lot of people say yes we were surprised and does it work everywhere well we're we're experimenting with it and it seems to work fine because people are people and they're used to using the telephone so that's one way that's worked well and another uh, way that's worked well is uh, reaching out to people who have businesses who might like to give gifts a very uh, strange confluence we found that real estate agents and there are tens of thousands of them here they for some reason they always say yes when we offer them uh, to buy some bhagavad-gitas buy bhagavad-gitas from us to give to their clients and they go like yeah sure i'd love to do that and when they see the list of all the other real estate agents who have bought them then then they say they'll call back and say yeah why don't you give me a few more cases we're selling tens of thousands to real estate agents. They're becoming distributors. Indian stores, no brainer. If you haven't, if you haven't made friends with your local Indian store, and there there is as many Indian stores as there are Chinese restaurants, and they're ubiquitous in the whole world, then uh, you're missing an opportunity to open a depot for Lord Chaitanya's you. <laughs> come on, who put all these Indian stores here? Lord Chaitanya, <laughs> just go make friends with them. Do all kinds of people come in there? Yeah. And they'll buy books, They'll you can sell them wholesale, they'll sell them retail, they'll put their own sticker on the book. We put the sticker on the book for them, making it a, a special, customized gift. Mm. So these are just a couple. There's actually dozens of ways in which devotees have innovated. But as, the, as soon as you set the goal, light comes on, ideas pour in, you try them out, they work, and you just keep growing. Mm.
0: How, Hope I'm not getting overexcited here. No, it's the perfect amount of excitement. Rajesh <laughs> Kumar, how actually this question was asked to me directly yesterday. Um, what are different methods for people that aren't living at a temple or maybe have a direct connection with a community um or, or maybe like a direct kind of account with the bbt how can people get bhagavad gitas to distribute like this is more kind of a logistical practical question but do you have anywhere to like direct people on how they can pick up gitas themselves
1: you want gitas we'll get you gitas <laughs> You could, you could call your BBT. They're friendly people. You just call them up and say, "I want to buy Gita's." They'll sell them to you. Mm-hmm. There's no restriction on selling to the people. Uh, then also, you could call your local uh, ISKCON temple, or if you uh, if you don't know anyone to call, then call info at bbtbooks.org. That's info i n f o at bbtbooks.org. And that's the communications department. They will give you uh, connections to everywhere in the world. They're nonpartisan. They're looking forward to helping you and giving you information uh, to to where you can buy your books. But it's not an obstacle. There's plenty of books. You can get them shipped right to you, and you can get a a, a, a relationship started with the BBT or with your local temple.
0: Mm. Wonderful. Thank you.
2: So uh, we've been hearing, also in, in regards to the Give Give campaign, there's like a specific target day, in the, known as World Gita Day. That we've been hearing. So, w- w- can can you explain more about what what, what are what are we trying to um, um, expand on this day? What what are we trying to push forward this World Gita Day?
1: Sure, World G- Gita Day, also known as Gita Jayanti. To some devotees in ISKCON it's the day that the Bhagavad Gita was—that Krishna spoke the Bhagavad Gita to Arjuna. So we, this year it's on December 25th, Lord, ostensibly Lord Jesus's birthday. <laughs> so uh, that's a, that's a point in time. We always look for a reason to offer to people. It's like, yeah, we're working towards this particular day. We found recently, as you know, the Padra the Purnima. It's a day when the, there's a benediction. If you distribute a Bhagavatam set on that day, you get the gift of going back to the supreme destination. And on Gita Jayanti, it's it's a good day to bring to light the importance of Gita. We rebranded it so that it has it's more understandable to people all over the world World Gita Day. People do know and appreciate the Gita. Outside the Krishna Consciousness movement, it's uh, well respected academically. Great thinkers, scholars. Every spiritualist has some, you know, connection, or it's on on book lists. And we're we're on that day, um, going to have a broadcast that goes all around the world, to every continent, and mostly ISKCON devotees are organizing on their own continents to present. Artwork, films, uh, talks, uh, special uh, guest personalities who are famous to come and speak something to glorify the Gita and will roll all the way around the earth. And then it culminates with a fire yagya at mm. This gives you also an opportunity when you're offering Gitas. Let's just say you call on the phone, you decide to use your cell phone. You call people up say, yeah, I'm calling about uh, World Gita Day. It's on the 25th of December. It's the day that people all over the world are celebrating the Bhagavad Gita. Have you heard the of the Bhagavad Gita? And perhaps you're calling, maybe you find a list somewhere of everyone who's ever searched for Bhagavad Gita or something, if you want to narrow it down and just say, uh, yeah. So we're the representatives of World Gita Day. We're just checking if you know about it. And, you know, you'll find some people out there say, yeah, Bhagavad Gita. i read Bhagavad I know Bhagavad Gita. It's like, okay, there's different ways you can participate. And one of the ways is to pass on some Gitas to your friends. So you can either uh, donate for them and we'll pass them out, or we'll give them to you, you can pass them out, uh, offer them, and things like that. I'm just speaking uh, stream of consciousness here, but what I'm saying is World Gita Day gives a lot of opportunity to make the Gita visible.
0: And and for devotees, when they do distribute Bhagavad Gitas in in preparation for World Gita Day, where where can we... Uh, like bring together all our scores all, all the scores from all around the world to reach this two million Gita goal
1: well uh, if you write us at info at bbt.books you'll uh, see info at bbtbooks.org mm. and you want to get on the list we'll add you to the list for the broadcast and also we'll add your score mm. on World Gita Day we're going to have a a um, scrolling list of all the people who have contributed who have bought Bhagavad Gita's and so forth we did this for Bhadra there's also www.worldgitaday.com that's www.worldgitaday.com and you can get more information about World Gita Day there it'll be broadcast on Facebook as well so you can Uh, check out the BBT, the Bhaktivedanta Book Trust, on Instagram, Facebook and YouTube.
0: And and correct me if I'm wrong, you may have have said this, I may have just missed it, but we're going to have a a recitation of the entire Bhagavad Gita on Gita, World Gita Day. Well, you kind of have to, don't you? Yeah. Well, (laughs) what time does that start?
1: (laughs) Well, it starts at different times in different parts of the world. You see, we're gonna roll across the whole planet. So we're starting over in Australia and then we're going to Japan and then we're following the sun. Mm. We'll have a break in between because some of the time gaps seem to be a little inconvenient for most of the planet. So we'll pick up at different intervals. The schedule will be posted in mm. the next week or so. Wow.
0: What what is could you speak a little bit about what would the impact be on um, just with this kind of vision and the excitement that you're expressing everything about about Bhagavad Gita about World Gita Day what what what's the like kinetic potential you know, kinetic potential of impact that this has on the world that that getting Bhagavad Gita 2 million Bhagavad Gitas out into the world what kind of impact does that carry
1: well i think you can start on an individual level and then extend outwardly I know what kind of kinetic influence it had on me. When I got the Bhagavad Gita, actually the first Bhagavad Gita I got was from a a friend in high school who brought me a little Gita, I still have it, Mm. and just gave it to me as a gift out of the blue. I'd never heard of it before. And when I started reading it, it changed my life. And that was just the translations. And so Bhagavad Gita is the Vedic intelligence. And when you get that, you start figuring out how the world works and how, what your part in is, and it changes everything. Mm-hmm. So from an individual level, what would the chain reaction be with individuals who work in an, with enlightened engagement with the world on a mass scale? I mean, right now, we see in government, there's a need for people to have a little bit more compassion, a sense of service, rather than just trying to control things. It's a, it's, a, uh, it's a hindrance, actually, to happiness in society when leaders, for instance, get in power and they just want to control uh, and stay in power. This is called Michelle's law of, Iron Laws of Oligarchy. Those can't be overcome in, in, by ordinary means. It requires uh, the <clears throat> Vedic intelligence to understand how to do that. So books are powerful. They uh, they are responsible for embedding ideologies in the world. As an example, Origin of the Species. Everybody knows about Darwinian evolution, either fragmentally or some people, you know, studied it more minutely if they're in science in some certain kinds of sciences. But nobody has that book. I go everywhere I go. say, say, do you have it in your card? <laughs> <laughs> you know, have you read Origin of the Species? Rarely, if, unless somebody's in a particular class. But everybody knows about it. That's because books have consequences. The idea seeds within them spill out. So what if more people got contact with Bhagavad Gita, commonsensical wisdom that teaches them how to interact with people with respect, with compassion, working selflessly, that is doing their duty but without expecting any reward. What if just one leader in the world did that uh, more demonstratively? What effect would that have? Mm. So. We can actually expect world change only when we're able to inculcate these basic principles in society and books are beloved of human beings and therefore mass distribution of books is a reasonable strategy for creating change in the world. So let's do it.
2: Mm. One question I had. um, Now we're going to distribute a couple million Bhagavad Gita's or more. Probably, probably <laughs> you do um, half. of them. <laughs> <laughs> So, w- w- one question you know we had is, how then can we um, explain these teachings of the Bhagavad Gita to people? Because it, it may, to some, it may be very, may be very disconnected. This is something that happened five thousand years ago. How does it relate to me today? So, I w- is is there is there a, a plan to help you know um, expand also the reading and explanation of Bhagavad Gita? to to all these people that will be receiving the books. Yeah, well, I know that you have
1: something like that where you are. uh, And uh, how easy was it to set up? I mean, you have to avail yourself and others of the technologies so that they can connect with you and have some kind of regular contact with people. That's the simplest form, is if you have a regular reading of Bhagavad Gita where you explain it and you answer people's questions publicly, uh, like either in person or now more likely on a, some kind of a, a Zoom call or something like that. And let's just say somebody gets a Gita and then you have an invitation already ready to go. And you say, hey, why don't you join our, our reading? And I think you all do it every day, right? Go
2: Paul? Yeah. Do you do yeah, something like that every data. day? Okay. Well, a, couple days a, a couple of days a week, yeah.
1: A couple of days a week. We do that here also. And so people who get the book and then we say, yeah, would you like to join us? And the ones who are really turned on by the Gita, they'll jump on the call and they'll hear more. And then I guess the best thing to do is to always have a sense of what's the next thing. Where can we bring people next and build that in? But having... a. a uh, giving people access to you, to you and other devotees on a regular basis who are reading, explaining Bhagavad Gita and answering questions is is a good next step.
0: why I mean I guess when uh, curiosity was coming up, or not, not so much curiosity but just a desire to hear you explain a bit more um, why is Arjuna's the situation in the bhagavad gita so relatable or how is arjuna's situation in bhagavad gita so relatable to the to the modern person
1: cuz he was totally frustrated mm. and everyone likes to hear about somebody's frustrated because everybody's frustrated mm. movies plays everything shakespeare uh, you know people have some some uh, reversal of fortune and it's like, hey, I didn't want it to turn out like this, this is horrible, my life's ruined and then they go, yeah, I want to hear (laughs) because my life's ruined too, everybody's life gets ruined at some point because we have plans and then they don't go the way we want and we think oh, all is lost and that's Arjuna's situation I can relate to that Mm. Uh, the the first chapter is often called the Yoga of Despair Mm. so have you ever been in despair about anything? Yes yeah, Paul, well, I know I have. So. so, can we relate to that kind of thing? I mean, you know, if somebody sees a fire engine, they all, uh, as kids, the fire engine, we'd get on our bikes and go see whose house is burning down. Uh, if, it, you know, nowadays you see somebody, something happens, you know, I mean, that's what the news cycle is. Here, we got a whole lineup for you of people in despair and, and their life's not going the way they thought they would. And, and it's like, yeah, let me hear it. <laughs> So when arjuna the great hero steps up and he says this isn't what i expected i didn't sign up for this this is horrible then everyone goes whoa i can relate to this i didn't either and my life is going opposite the opposite of what i expected so it's such a soothing balm to hear that there's a solution to it Mm -hmm. in fact that you know interestingly one person who read the Bhagavad Gita he told me his whole story about how he got a Bhagavad Gita from a devotee and then he he just thought eh, what is this and he left it at his father's house he was a young man and he went off on his own for a couple years and really got frustrated uh, with life and then he came back and he he saw his father was reading the book and he said what are you reading that for and he said it's a good book (laughs) he said well let me see it so then when he revisited it from his new perspective in life. And then he saw, okay, Arjuna, you know, doesn't wanna fight, he's in this war, and he thought, he, was, he, said, he told me he was thinking, yeah, I know, he's gonna tell him to be nonviolent and just tolerate the whole thing. And he said, when Krishna told him, no, you have to fight, he said, what? That's amazing. Uh, he said, that's a new twist on things. How is it that the solution is, no, you go back and you do your duty, and in this case, you have to fight the war. No nonviolence here. Be violent, but for a higher cause. What? I mean, that's a new twist on thing. That's kind of interesting. And that's practical, too, because, you know, we really can't stop our duties. There's no pulling back from our natures. But if we have a little enlightened engagement to the world, then uh, actually things make sense and so Bhagavad Gita is commonsensical not only that one last point is that it's not fanatical there's no uh, statements in the Bhagavad Gita that make you cringe and say oh I don't want to be around these people and if if, uh, the Supreme is like this then I really don't want to know him I'd be happy to stay down here and listen to rock and roll music you know so when you hear the voice of reason and, and it's so compassionately presented. Krishna just says, You know, I'm giving you good information, and you can do with, with it what you like. You realize your agency that, wow, I, I actually could take advantage of this, and I'm not being forced. <clears throat> so it's very relatable. That's why it's so popular, Bhagavad Gita.
0: I recently just heard uh, a class by Her Grace Jagatrini Mataji that she gave, I think, a few years ago in Govardhan, but she was speaking how. It's very similar to this point that Bhagavad Gita is the book for the, the modern age. I mean, it's, it's the perfect book for, um, for everyone's situation because as you were just explaining very nicely, how relatable it is to living entities, this frustration, yeah. despair.
1: There's a devotee in Washington, D.C. and in college classes, he used to tell the students about Bhagavad Gita. And he said, now here's a, here's a guy, he got frustrated with his work. He didn't like things, the way things were going, and he didn't want to he didn't want to do his job anymore. He just wanted to give up. And after hearing this book, he became not only enlivened to do his work, but he did it better than he did before. And what changed here? He didn't change his hairstyle. He didn't change his uh, you know association. Everything was the same. He just changed his consciousness, and it all came from this book. So it's kind of a a different idea that most people have from what spiritual means, which is to drop everything and run. Mm. And they go like, I can't. But when you hear Bhagavad Gita and you say, no, no, stay where you are, but just adjust your attitude a little bit. And when you hear what the attitude is, it's like, okay, I think I could do that. Mm. And then it it actually gives you traction in life to be an enlightened worker and, and you can do it from any position. You don't have to be some some highfalutin yogi. You know, you could be a housewife or a kid or, you know, a, a, a dump truck driver or whatever and, and, you know, relate to this and say, yes, this could be applied. I could apply it in my life.
2: Thank you so much, Ru. Um I was, uh, one thing I was curious to see, if um, you can enlighten us on um this specific importance of um, the Gita, the Bhagavad Gita, which which we read, which is the Bhagavad Gita as it is, because sometimes, I know I commonly meet with this objection, I already have Bhagavad Gita. Like like you mentioned yourself, your friend had just given you translations. So how, do, how can we ex- maybe explain to people that Bhagavad Gita is important to have the as-it-is edition?
1: Well, I could tell you how important it was for me, because when I had the translations and I read them, I, I had a lot of misconceptions about what ver- various verses meant. I really didn't know fully how to apply them. But when I read Bhagavad Gita as it is, there was pra- practical wisdom apl- uh, attached to every single verse about uh, how to actually apply it and what it meant. And that made all the difference. And there's also a, a um, fidelity in the Bhagavad Gita as it is to the original meaning of Bhagavad Gita and that's what is um, known as the path of devotion Uh, Bhagavad Gita really culminates in this idea that we have a relationship with our original conscious source Krishna whose love personified and if we don't have if we don't feel that connection then there's that we always feel something lacking in our life. And so in the Bhagavad Gita, as it is, we get that. We get that connection and we can feel it for ourselves how important it
0: is. Thank you so much for everything that you've shared today and all of the inspiration and the excitement that you've you've. Injected into I know my own my own heart and uh, and I would just my brain's already churning on how to get some Bhagavad Gita's out. I have a whole box that's just yelling at me to dis- to be distributed. Uh, and for leading this charge for this Live to Give campaign, thank you for all of that. And I was thinking, just in closing, if you could give uh, suggest one verse for our listeners to um, memorize of the Bhagavad Gita that may be impactful uh, for spiritual life, or for the marathon, or or in any way that you feel like would be helpful?
1: Sure. Uh, There's a verse in the first chapter, it says, uh, nimitani viparitani. Mm -hmm. And in this verse, Arjuna is saying, like, why is everything going opposite for me here? The opposite of what I wanted is happening. And I think there's a way that you could really relate to Arjuna by thinking about your life and how many times have you thought, I had a plan and it's going the opposite direction. And then, you know, look at Arjuna and try to put yourself in his uh, position and say, okay, now let me open to hearing how to solve this. I'd also like to add, if I might, uh, that um, in our work, for developing a a global team which has been amazingly fulfilling we're meeting devotees from all over the world who are hankering for a a stake in the sankirtan movement i mean they're sitting in their home and looking down the road thinking like when's somebody gonna you know offer me a little service here in the sankirtan movement so from our department uh, marketing communications and innovations we have unlimited scope for uh, people who are organizers, creative types, people, artists, uh, musicians, uh, people who do um, uh, kirtan, data analysts. Uh, there's, there's every way, any way you have a talent, we have a way to engage it for helping to gl- grow the global team. And if you contact us at info at excuse me, info at bbtbooks.org. Uh, We have service for you, and we've been getting a lot of response from young people. And uh, I just encourage everybody to try joining this global campaign, Live to Give, uh, between now and it goes all the way till January 7th. Uh, We're just, we have the interim point of the World Gita Day on the 25th that gives you a little leverage to present this. And try it out. I know Ananda Marari Prabhu just said he's got a box of Gitas in there. And if you make a goal, you know, you and your wife and you say, like, we got to do this case before the before the end of the
2: <laughs> marathon, then the energy will flow in. Yeah. And I, and I can vouch for this uh, um, principle, which, which Shaisakha which Prabhu always puts forward is, make a goal and you just see it's just like it's just kind of like it's like magic it's christmas magic it's just like all these ideas just start to flow into your consciousness so yeah so everyone even if your goal is to distribute one bhagavad-gita it'll make a huge difference you never know whose hand that bhagavad-gita will go into so it can that one and that one person can change the world
1: not less than one and a little and 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 a little more than zero. (laughs) That'll move the needle. It'll move the needle if you do that. Write it on paper and say, you know, whoever you're with, uh, we gotta do this. And once you say it, once you pronounce it, you're gonna get a little nervous. And you're gonna feel like, you know, what did I just do? I just committed ourselves to distribute one Bhagavad Gita during this marathon. And And then Lord Chaitanya will come visit your door. And he'll knock on it and he'll say, I'm here. I'm here for you. I always was here for you. And now I'm, I'm going to tell you how to do it. In fact, I'll do it for you. You just come with me. So we want everyone to have that experience. That's what the Sankirtan movement is. You don't have that. All you got is a big bucket of problems. Because it's a, anytime you got social intercourse, people deal with each other. Everyone's got a different idea about the philosophy, the culture, how to apply it, you know? And then it's just kind of a, a cacophony of voices that don't make sense, but if you have this clear goal to distribute Bhagavad Gita, uh, everything will become clarified, so go for
0: it. Mm. Not less than one and a little more than zero. <laughs> Anything more than zero, yeah. <laughs> thank you very much. Alright, Krishna, thank you, Vaisheshka Prabhu, thank you, Gopal Champu Prabhu, welcome to the Sankirt, Sankirtan on team. We're very grateful to have you on board. And thank you, Vaishesh Kapurbu, for the inspiration for this podcast. And thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, We'll see you next time. Thank you very much.
2: Thank you all so much.
0: Thank you again for listening to Sankirtan on. Please feel free to subscribe and share with your friends for regular updates and inspirational stories on how by giving we grow. Thank you for sharing this time with us. All glories to Shula Prabhupada.